What is going on, Fantasy Alarm family? Ho, 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 and a happy holidays to everybody out there. My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Matt Sells and Ryan Hallam. This is the Family Times Podcast Holiday Edition. Guys, it may be holiday season, but it's also winning season. We're getting closer and closer to getting those titles, cashing in, winning those rings. That's what it's all about and learning something along the way. How you guys doing? What's up, Ryan? Not too much, man. Getting ready for the big uh, holiday over the weekend and, of course, keeping an ear to the ground for the lovely COVID outbreak uh, among all sports, uh, which is making so much fun over the past couple weeks. So that's uh, pretty much my phone with all the notifications kind of just goes off constantly. Hey, Sells, do they get COVID in Nebraska? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I we, have enough they... people, we have enough people that have COVID. My kids have been going to school in masks for the better part of two years now. Um, I didn't know. I didn't think a lot of people lived in Nebraska. 1.8 million. Wow. 1.8 million folks. That. I was going to say, if you guys were one of the, the easier states to get by when it comes to COVID, but how's everything going with you, Cells? You ready for the holidays? What, like, is your Christmas day going to essentially be you're going to open gifts at about 7 a.m. and then work on tools for four hours <laughs> and then drink eggnog and then work on more tools for another three? I'm guessing that's kind of how your Christmas day is going to be. So, yeah, it's going to be an early start to Christmas. I've got two young kids. They don't like to sleep in, like, at all. In fact, last night, my eldest woke up at 2.20 in the morning and thought it was perfectly good to be awake. She's like, it's the morning. I'm like, I mean, technically, but you're not supposed to be awake for, like, another five hours. So please go to sleep. And luckily, we had just finished wrapping some Christmas presents and putting them under the tree, like, literally 10 minutes before she woke up so we got those hidden uh so it'll be an early start and then yeah we've got you know full day of nba and there's nfl games on saturday uh so gotta make sure everything's working don't know if i'll have the eggnog not a big eggnog fan uh probably go outside because it's actually supposed to be like 60 degrees here on christmas which is weird there you go. and then i'll yeah, order chinese warming Ooh. then i'll <laughs> order chinese food like a good jew on christmas we'll order chinese and we'll watch a christmas story Oh, dude, I'm so going to do that as well. 5 p.m. Eastern. I am mm -hmm. placing my order. I'm already mentally preparing for it. You're running through the combinations in your head? You know what? I'm already going over. It's an exciting time, man. It's, it's exciting. And also, especially with what we're dealing with as well, and this is where the conversation becomes sour grapes a little bit. Look, guys, I know everybody's talking about it, and a lot of people, and I listen to it, whether it's radio shows, podcasts, I just like to get as much exposure to other shows just to get the pulse of what everybody's talking about in fantasy media. And it's, we don't know. That's what we're hearing a lot of. We don't know. Often that's a cop-out. Years past, I, I would hear people say that on the channel host I worked with. Well, I don't know. <sighs> don't say that. Don't say that. You're better off giving a stat if you're going to say that if you're in the space. However, COVID, I don't know is perfectly acceptable. I don't know is not a cop-out of an answer. Because what we could be telling you right now, and Sells, why don't you give the context of when we're recording as you have per tradition? Uh, it's about 11.30 a.m. Eastern on Thursday morning right now. It's about 10, you know, 10.25 Central, 11.25 Eastern. Okay, so Perfect. I'm going to be on the radio in about 12 hours from now. Ryan Hallam's going to stop by Alarm After Hours as well, so we'll preview. You know how much is going to change by then? I can't even start planning a show outside of talk about injuries, talk about COVID, 
and how it's impacting. Because I don't know how I'm going to go over these teams if all of a sudden we get pieces of news four hours from now that half of all of a sudden Tom Brady, God forbid, and the rest of the Buccaneers <laughs> who didn't get hurt last Sunday are now on the COVID list going into this weekend. I mean, dude, at this point, guys, we could go over some of the players who are currently on the COVID list and impact players. I don't have to read the whole list, but we got Austin Eckler on it. We've got Tyreek Hill, Travis freaking Kelsey. Imagine that. You spent a first-round draft pick on this guy. And now, not because of injury, you might not have him when you need him most because week 16, most of you are now in your fantasy football playoffs in your semis and some in your quarters if you include the final week of the season, week 18 this year. Other players as well. I mean, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks. Man, I mean, I know it's Brandon Cooks. It's Houston, but this is someone who had been having some nice performances lately. Now he's on COVID as well. Guys, it's just so hard to predict, and we just don't know anymore. And this is where this part of the conversation comes in. And I'll go to you guys. Miles Gaskin, right? He comes off the COVID list. Oh, all's great. There we go. Hallelujah. Then we find out after the game that the plan was to limit his usage. Why? Because he had missed all that practice. So that's how you saw Duke Johnson take a dump on the Jets as most running backs do and have a big game that should have been Gaskin's matchup. And now because of that, guys, I have some crazy thoughts in my mind of paranoia because now with some of these guys who I have on my playoff teams, they're not practicing. What? Now I have to expect limitation cells? Yeah, I mean, I think the same, you know, same things qualify. If it was an injury for Gaskin, right? Let's say it was an ankle. He missed all week, but he was active for the weekend. Would you expect him to get the same amount of work as he normally does just because he's on the field if it was an injury? We have to treat COVID like an injury, right? It fatigues you. I mean, people that have had it or people that had the, the vaccine and got side effects from it, it fatigues you for a few days, right? Even top athletes. And in fact, it's been fatiguing top athletes more. There was an NBA player, I think last year, who got it and came back and said he wasn't able to get back into game shape Jason the whole Tatum. rest of the season. Jason Tatum. Yeah. It, it destroyed him. Yeah. he That guy's an elite athlete. Was a first-round pick in the NBA draft. Destroyed him, right? So... It's not necessarily surprising that just because Gaskin was coming back in a tasty matchup, he was going to, you know. Wait, can I interrupt you, please? Can I just say one thing, and and Ryan, and then I'll shut the hell up, and you can chime in as well. I just want to say one thing on that. How many times have we seen players not practice all week and then play with no limitation? That's where I disagree with you on that. Well, okay. I mean, we have, but – have they still produced as much as I'm sure, that, I'm sure that they have. I mean, I don't, again, I can't give you a specific example here. I mean, okay. I, fair fair enough. Rogers, it has happened. Rogers, how be a good example of that? Well, I, I think that, I think the problem with this and, and this complicates this even further is we don't know how each guy is going to respond to this. Some guys right. might come back and be fine. And some guys might be Jason Tatum. And what's that going to be? You know, now we have, you're talking about miles Gaskin. Is he okay for Monday? Or is this a Duke Johnson game again? We don't know. And it's a Monday night game, so you're not going to be able to know maybe until that day. So now what do you do if you have Miles Gaskin or Duke Johnson? Although I will say it's the Saints. So yes, it's a bad matchup. It's a bad matchup either way. 
but, but yeah, I mean, and and Lockett is a different case, right? Because he self-reported he had symptoms, which is why he's still on the COVID list. It's not like this contact tracing stuff. And Travis Kelsey may be back because he's vaccinated, and now they've changed the rules to essentially stick their heads in the sand and just assume that you're good to go if you don't have symptoms, which is fairly stupid, but I get kind of the reason behind it. So, yeah, there's a bunch of unknowns, but with COVID, if a guy's on COVID list and he comes back, I'm almost assuredly not playing him the week he comes back because they're not going to be in football shape. They haven't been doing anything. Even if they've read through the game plan, they've had a week off of not eating right, not doing physical activity. They've just been a couch potato for a week, right? So it's hard to go from sitting on your couch to playing in an NFL game, right? We saw Garrett Gilbert try to do that against the Eagles didn't work out so well. And he didn't even have COVID. He was just a practice squad guy. So yeah, a bunch of these guys that have COVID. I mean, your studs though, you're going to have to take a shot on Hill and Kelsey, right? Like if they're playing, you have to take the shot on them because Tyreek Hill is second in the NFL in catches. Does anybody realize that? <laughs> second in the NFL in catches. Um, and between Hill, if you read my game previews, which just went up, an interesting note, Hill and Kelsey combined for 53% of targets for the Chiefs, 50% of receptions, and 54% of receiving yards for the Chiefs. So, I'm surprised it's not higher, to be honest. <laughs> Dude, yes. I just, just picked up Hardman, and it makes me want to hurl. Seriously. I mean, you got no other choice, right? They got to throw it to somebody in that offense. That's true. I'm a Byron Pringle guy myself, but Hardman should go. do all right as well. Very nice. I mean, yeah, I mean, this year championships. I mean, it's it's either a lot of luck that you guys stayed off this list, or just you know you were a, a genius on the waiver wire. I mean, this is this, I think this is a year like no other in fantasy football. If you're able and, to to pull and off. And by game. the way, if Justin Jackson is still somehow on your waiver wire, yeah. get him immediately, immediately. Like, Austin Eckler's out, and they get the tastiest matchup on the planet for running backs. Justin Jackson needs to be on your roster. Even if you don't play him, keep your opponent from getting mm-hmm. <laughs> an RB1 caliber play. Oh, dude, oh. here's the here's the interesting interesting thing. There's a lot of running back opportunity on waivers. I mean, yeah, you've got Nixon. out. Yeah, you've got, I mean, Ronald Jones, if he's still out there. And, I mean, Dan Malin's got the waiver wire article, and he he nailed a lot of these players. Justin Jackson, who you just mentioned, P. Ryan, Jeff Wilson, I know is still out there as well, Ryan. And I want to ask you about that, man. I want to ask you about the situation here. And please tell me if I'm just overthinking it. I'm in a league where I have a problem. I've got a bunch of underperforming players and players that, based off notes, their ceilings are starting to get limited a little bit. Guys like maybe Cordero Patterson. For instance, someone else like a, let's just say a Dak Prescott who hasn't been performing as well. I have him on this team. I also have James Conner. Now, Chase Edmonds being back obviously starts to lower his ceiling a little bit. I actually was able to grab Jeff Wilson off of waivers. Am I going too crazy considering that I have the safer floor and I need the points? Do do I bench Conner for this guy? It's close. It's really tough. Uh, He's also banged up, too. He's got a heel injury as well, Connor. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of questions about uh, Jeff Wilson. 
my two issues with it is how much they're handing the ball to Debo Samuel, especially in the red zone. Uh, he's scoring basically every week on the ground. But, I mean, at the same time, the 49ers run a lot, and Wilson had 100 yards last week, even though Debo still did good. Uh, but, you know, the Titans are actually the second-best run defense as far as yards per game. It's just about 87. They have given up 13 rushing touchdowns in 14 games. So, I mean, people are scoring on them, but they're not putting up a ton of yards. But, again, San Francisco is not really like most teams in that they're going to run the ball a million times. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I I think I probably am playing Wilson tonight. I I, I do expect him to win. Uh, I, you know, obviously getting AJ Brown and and Julio Jones will help the Titans, but I still don't think they're going to win the game. Uh, and, and I think you know just the volume the 49ers run at, you have a pretty good uh, you know idea with Elijah Mitchell definitely not playing that Wilson is going to get the majority of the carries. It's just will Debo get the ones that count. Yeah, see, that, and that's also the other thing with James Conner, right? It's kind of the opposite. James Conner's been getting the red zone work even when Chase Edmonds was healthy. So you could get the touchdown upside from James Conner, not necessarily the yardage. But now Conner is banged up. I would say that uh, the Colts are a tougher rush defense, um, or, or about the same, I guess, as the Titans um, in terms of rushing. So... If you want a really deep dive, though, what about Greg Robinson from the Lions? That guy's coming up. That guy's coming off a hundred-yard game last week, and the Falcons' rush defense is not good. I got one problem with that. Two problems with that. You know what they are? I'm on Ross Williams Brown. Back this one. Williams and Swift both back at practice yesterday. Well, that's true. But if they don't go, Robinson is is a super deep dive. So you're going to have to monitor the, the practice things, right? Because, I mean, they're not going to give Swift the carry load that he had before he was injured the first week back. I mean, they can't, right? I mean, he was up to, what, 30 carries a game before he got injured? They're not doing that to him. So, um, but, yeah, I would probably lean Wilson tonight with um, with Hallam on that one. Though Debo, interesting fact, May set the record for maybe the first wide receiver to ever lead his team in rushing touchdowns since the merger. <laughs> I'm sure he will. Yeah, like you said, the Colts, uh, you know, they get more yards. I have it in front of me here. It's 109 a game, but they've only given up eight touchdowns where the, the Titans have given up 13. So a uh, few more yards, a few less touchdowns. So it's, it's, the matchup is fairly uh, comparable. Guys, I want to bring up another issue here. And you know what? What I like doing, I, mean, I love working with you guys. Not only am I talking with you guys all throughout the week and get to talk to you on the radio as well. So it allows me to remember some of the things you've said and bring it here. It's always just so great when you get to just talk sports with your friends. That's what this is. This isn't anything too formal. We, we don't have a, a crazy structured plan. We just know that we've got issues in fantasy football, we'll bring up a couple. I know, we, Ryan, your team, the 49ers, is always a source for fantasy impactful news. It really is like a soap opera, your 49ers, when it comes to fantasy. I mean, think about it. We had the whole, at the beginning of the year, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, in which I'm going to say it because you won't say it. Ryan Hallam came on multiple radio shows, and we talked about it on this show as well and said, Jimmy G... Jimmy G, Jimmy G. And everyone's like, oh, Lance, the new hot toy. Go get it now. Made from Mattel. But no, it is 
Jimmy G. Still, Lance comes in, shows he can run. Jimmy G, boom, back into the fold for him. So, Ryan, I got to give you on that, and especially with the lack of Brandon Ayuk to start. Then he's in. Then you got Mostert going down. Mitchell comes in. He becomes a thing. Then it's, oh, my God, who's next to enter the Royal Rumble of running backs in San Francisco? Hodgepodge. Then you have Debo Samuel running the ball. And here comes George Kurtz back. Or George, You got George Kittle back in, and George Kittle is scoring all those points all of a sudden. Then you got Debo Hurt. Brandon Ayuk is starting to produce. Dude, it's been a never-ending soap opera, your 49ers, this year. Yeah, to try being a fan <laughs> and a fantasy player at the same time. It's very hard. It's very, very hard to keep those two things separate with my team because, like you said, for fantasy purposes, they're all over the place. Obviously, as a fan, I don't. I, and I, I believe I said on this show five, six weeks ago that I completely lost hope of them making any kind of run whatsoever, uh, and now they've run off a bunch of games and look like they're going to the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting year riding some high right now. If they pull out this game tonight, I would say that pretty much solidifies their, their shots in the playoffs. I believe they have Houston next week, uh, which should be a W and then they finish with the Rams. So it's, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, it's, you know, figuring out Kyle Shanahan is like a full-time job for a fantasy player. Yeah. And also, by the way, something else I wanted to bring up someone who's a hot pickup off waivers. I'm on Ross St. Brown. That's I've had him for three weeks. Thank you very much. Yeah, which is great. But now what are you going to do if Goff isn't off the COVID list? You still going to put him in your flex? You still nope. going to start him as your wide receiver three? No, not without Goff. No, David Blau sucks ass. And we saw that oh, last year. Uh, I can't I can't play any any lines if David Blau's a quarterback. Yeah. Thanksgiving 2020. Go go find film if you really want to see it. It's, it's awful. Yeah, if Goff's not back, you can't play him. If Goff is there, he's for sure a very, very good play. He saw like 42% target share last week. It was insane. He saw 11 targets on 26 pass attempts from Goff. So um, if Goff is back, then yes, you play Amon Ross St. Brown. If he's not back, then no, you don't play Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, other receivers that you could still find on waivers, and some of these were from Malin, and then some of these are from my own little look at some of the percentages out there. You know, Malin also put Gabriel Davis, who's been great. I mean, with Sanders hurt, he's been excellent. Tyler Johnson is someone that you're going to want to get. Although, oh, Ryan, let me ask you this here, because you just gave the snarl face at Tyler Johnson so we, that people couldn't see, so I had to make sure I mentioned that. What are your thoughts on this when it comes to the Buccaneers? Because a lot of people went in on Tyler Johnson. If it's late in the week and Perriman gets off the COVID list, even though we've been talking about how we have to be careful because the Buccaneers, they do, I mean, look, they still have Antonio Brown, they still have Gronk, but they can use another couple of weapons. If you need Perriman as a dart throw, is it still too risky because he's just going to be coming off of COVID if he comes off the list, that is? Well, I guess it depends for me on Mike uh, Mike Davis. Not Mike Davis. Jesus. Who the hell's the other? Mike, Mike Evans. Mike Evans. <laughs> Mike Evans. <laughs> Jesus. Lord, did my brain just... Dude, I just called George Kittle George Kurtz from <laughs> Sports Grid or whatever. So, and I don't, I guess it seems like Evans is a long shot. If Evans is playing, and it, I'm just getting a notification now, Evans is not at practice today. So that really probably hurts his chances of playing. Uh, if he's in there, then I don't like Tyler Johnson because he had an opportunity when Antonio Brown went down. He didn't do anything with it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like I don't trust him and Brady. He's had opportunities this year and he hasn't come through with it. If there's no Evans and no Godwin, 
than I guess, but I, I feel like he's had a better rapport with with um, with Perriman and even Scotty Miller last year. I know he's been out most of the year, but he came back last week. Uh, so I'm not 100% sold on Tyler Johnson. Gabriel Davis, absolutely. I, I He was in my article last week, uh, and I didn't want to do it two weeks in a row, and I put St. Brown in there. Uh, but I, I really, really like Gabriel Davis again this week with uh, Beasley shockingly getting COVID. Absolutely. And here's the here's the other thing, too. I mean, you got games. Remember, again, this is tough. You guys got holidays here. You got Christmas Day. It's very easy to get distracted. You might as well. I think everybody that's listening to this needs to do this. I, I do it for waivers. And there used to be times where I would fall asleep before making claims. I would fall asleep while making waiver claims and I'd miss out on waivers. In the last few years, I've actually set alarms on my phone. And I think everybody needs to set an alarm for about 2 p.m. Eastern on Christmas Day while drinking the eggnog and everything or just hanging out like I'm going to be doing. And, and it needs, needs to sit there with lineups. Because, Ryan, I mean, when it comes to setting the lineups here, looking at the Saturday games here, Cleveland, Green Bay, and then the Colts and Arizona, I mean, it's very easy to miss. Ryan, I actually had – multiple matchups that I saw in actually two leagues, one of them being mine, where somebody left in a COVID player after luck. Yeah, I, I've had that a couple times in the last few weeks in leagues that I've been in that I've, my opponents have left someone in uh, that wasn't playing. So, yeah, yeah, this is this is the semifinals. You know, I guess there's a chance it's the quarterfinals, but it should be the semifinals this week. Uh, you, you've played all year. Obviously, you have a pretty good team if you're still in it at this point. At least set your lineup while you're listening to this, if nothing else. And then if if something changes, okay, you maybe have to do it. But at least set some sort of base lineup now. Well, set uh, your dummy lineup, like, at, you, like right you after Thursday. you check your players, like right. Or you know, we've got Thursday. When you're setting your Thursday lineup, do you all out there just look at the players? It's like Sunday, 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 yes. Sunday, Sunday, Thursday. Just, like, all right. Well, you know what? Maybe take the extra five minutes and put in a dummy lineup. Make sure that your players playing in these earlier games on Thursday and Saturday are not in your flex spots and in their, oh, my roster has to look good and prime and brute strength. Bullshit on that, okay? Your roster needs to be protected. You're in COVID times. Those flex spots stay free in your lineup as long as possible. They lose the flexibility that you get from them when you use them and you blow your load. And we've all blown our loads early in life and in fantasy. And you know what? That's okay. It happens. But not now. Not in the COVID world that we live in, Ryan. Every single time. But, yes, that's another story for another show. Um, a, hey, Ryan, as long as you're ready 10 minutes later for round two, boom, rebound. I'm in my mid-40s. You don't get to turn around like that so much well, anymore. Don't tell but, me that, dude. I'm about 10 years behind you in my I mid-40s. mean, I'm not saying – I'm but this 10, 10 minutes is stretching it at this point. But anyway. Um, <laughs> this is taking yeah. a turn. I, I definitely do what you said. Thursday, Thursday. Look for the – at least look for Thursday and Saturday and make the decision on if you're going to play these guys or not play the guys. Do yourself that favor, at least. Because I screwed myself once uh, a couple weeks ago. I can't remember who it was. I, maybe it, was the, the, it wasn't the Keenan Allen on Thursday. But a few weeks ago, I didn't do that for one of my leagues. I missed a guy on Thursday uh, that did end up screwing me that week. So, uh, yes, I'm guilty of it sometimes, too. So don't, don't be that person. At least look for the Thursdays and Saturdays now. Yeah, I have a very interesting situation. 
on my roster where I'm waiting for Antonio Brown was on the waivers and waivers got bumped back a day in my league. So normally they've already run, but they're bumped to Friday. So I don't know about Antonio Brown yet. I have Westbrook Akinai on my bench at the moment who I could put in for Amon Ross St. Brown, but I kind of want to wait to see if golf clears, but Westbrook Akinai plays today plays tonight. Don't really have a spot for him unless it's for Amon Ross St. Brown going in there. And I'm still waiting on Antonio Brown. So I think I'm going to have to punt on Westbrook Akinai this weekend. If it bites me, it bites me. But I, I, I don't know that I can take the shot and fill in the spot. And then. Well, you've got to, you've got A.J. Brown and Julio Jones likely back, right. too. I, mean, I also have A.J. Brown on in my IR spot right now, too. So I don't know if I want to play them the first week back against the Niners, who are pretty good defense at this point. Um, and Lockett is in my other IR spot on COVID. So <laughs> I'm trying to piecemeal this together in the semifinals. <laughs> I, think I'd feel, the finals. I think I'd feel pretty decent about A.J. Brown. I, I was kind of surprised he went on IR with a chest injury. Uh, and the fact that they activated him and he's going to play in a Thursday game makes me feel like he's in pretty good shape. And the 49ers yeah. secondary actually isn't very good. It's the pass rush that's good, and that makes the secondary look better. You know, their corners themselves, Mosley and Josh Norman and this stupid kid, Avery Thomas, they drafted the fourth round, are actually not good at all. It's a matter of Bosa and Armstead and them making the quarterback make throws that he doesn't want to make. Uh, the secondary actually blows. By the way, speaking of Armstead, I believe I saw the Jaguars re-sign Rock Armstead. How funny is that? That's where we're at right now. <laughs> Jaguars are. T- Let me, but I know we got to wrap up in a couple minutes. So I just want to get this little. Ask- you know, we talked about the waiver wire. If Tyler Huntley is on your waiver wire, pick him up too. Uh, oh, whether yes. I, you know, you I don't know if he's going to play. You start him over Dak. I am in that exact predicament, Fancy, in a league where I could go to the finals and I'm playing Jen Piacenti this week, by the way. And I haven't made the decision yet, but right now, if Huntley's quarterbacking, I think I'm putting him in over Bro, Dak. Bro, Ronis and I were going back and forth about this. I would probably go Dak. I you know what? Would. Because here's, but here's why, Sells. You're more numbers guy, and you know how great this matchup is for a bounce back for Dak. And I said that in the stock watch when I said he's trending down. I don't want to go too crazy, but here's the thing, man. It's like. If we don't know if Lamar is going to play, this is going to be a spur of the moment, last second decision, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely haven't made it, but I picked up Huntley with the with the chance because you know Washington's defense has been a little bit better. It's not quite the train wreck it was in the beginning of the season. We'll see if they get Kendall Fuller back off the COVID list. Uh, But Cincinnati's pass defense hasn't been any great shakes either. So, and Huntley's going to give you that running where Dak isn't. You know that kid. What did he run for sixty yards last week? I mean. It's it's I don't I, I, right now yeah. I'm leaning Huntley, but I am in the exact same situation you are. My only thought on this is the Washington's pass defense is one of the worst in the league. They give up the most points to the quarterback spot of any team in the league. Uh, Dak had a pretty good game against them like four weeks ago when they won, or a couple no, not even four weeks ago, like two weeks ago when they won twenty seven twenty. The Ravens got shellacked by the Bengals. The last time they played, which granted was a half a season ago. That's like a lifetime ago. However, the Bengals have a shot at crushing the Ravens and getting the number one seed in the AFC North. The Cowboys have a shot at the number one overall seed in the NFC right now. They're number two. 
if Green Bay loses and and um, Dallas wins out, I think Dallas is the number one seed. So I would go with Dak and a full bevy of weapons in a matchup he did well a couple of weeks ago. And and the Bengals' defense has been better of late. So I would lean Dak. But it's a really close It's a really close call. I'm sure yeah. Ronas went with Dak or no? What's that? Did Ronas go Dak? No. Ronas thought oh, really? that. Ronas, well, we're obviously waiting on the situation right. because if Lamar's in, then this com- this whole thing is pointless. But right. I think Ronas was more on the Huntley side, and I because my whole thing was like, look, and Ronas, like, wow, you because he the whole thing was I was like Ronas, kind of like what I did with you. I read off this team, and I'm like, guys, I've got under. I was like Ronas, I have underperformers. I got Patterson, whose ceiling could be lower. James Conner, Dak hasn't been playing well, and he goes, oh, you're gonna trust Dak, and I said, well, there's crap on the rest of this waiver wire outside of maybe Huntley and that's it. And that's when we started kind of debating back and forth. So, so I mean, the I rushing should, yards are attractive for right. Huntley for sure. We'll, we'll have to see. I Right now, Ryan, you're asking me, I'm going Dak in this match. Okay. Right now. Would, this this could, yeah. like COVID, this could change in an hour or two. So, yep. guys, let's go. Let's My go to- concern with Huntley real quick is that if the Bengals get out to a big lead, like they did in the last matchup and like they could because the Ravens secondary is not very good right now. They got everybody injured. Then Huntley doesn't necessarily get the rush yards that you're going after. They may have to transition to more airing it out to score quicker. That's my only concern with that one. And with that, guys, let's go to the family table here. Let's bring a few things because it is the holiday season. So, you know what? We'll put – because it is holiday season, we'll put everything on the table that you can bring this time around for the family table. So, everybody listening, brace yourselves right now because you never know, especially sells what sells and say. But let's start with Ryan Hallam in the leadoff spot here. What's up, Hal? Uh, obviously, the best uh, happy, safe holiday to everyone out there. And thank you for listening to us each and every week. As usual, I'm going to go sidebar off to my dopey fantasy games, and I'm going to go from Fantasy Survivor and Big Brother, and we're going to give a shot to Fantasy Amazing Race, uh, which starts in a few weeks. So anyone out there is interested, follow me on Twitter at Fighting Chance and drop me a little line. There you go. Amazing race and amazing brackets and just fun. Ryan brings the fun out there when it comes to fantasy and some of these reality shows. Matty Sells, what are you bringing to the table? So I have a feeling that this might come up next week when people start having issues with guys who didn't perform when they needed them to perform to get them a fantasy win, especially this time of year in fantasy football. There's money on the line. Obviously, you want your guys to go out there and perform. Can we not angrily tweet at people, athletes? Nicholas Latifi, who, for those that don't follow F1, may not know, he is an F1 driver. With five laps to go in the championship race uh, a few weekends ago, he crashed. He lost control of his car because he's driving 200 miles an hour on a slick road. Tires wear out. You crash. It happens. That crash then wound up costing Lewis Hamilton his eighth championship because the ruling was that the two guys could... Yeah, I'm not going to get into the whole thing. But essentially, people are blaming Nicholas Latifi for costing Lewis Hamilton his championship. To the point where Latifi has now come out and publicly apologized for crashing three weeks after the race ended. 
That's unnecessary, people. I know that, that F1 has a massive fan base around the world. It's a global sport. These guys get all sorts of attention. There's only 20 of them in the field every weekend. But just in all sports, please stop angrily tweeting people. We get it. You played them. They were supposed to be good. You played them because you thought the numbers were. Guess what? They're human beings. You don't know what happens in their head every second of every day. They might come in, they might not be feeling great, and you don't know, and they have a bad day. Not everybody's going to have a Jordan flu game, right? Just be nice to people. Kindness gets you a lot further than anger does, especially this time of year. So if a guy has a bad game, yeah, it stinks because it may have cost you a a title. That's the way the cookie crumbles because guess what? Maybe somebody else's team missed the playoffs because a dude had a bad game in week 10 in a pivotal week for that team. And you never heard about it because they weren't at this point in the season. So just don't angrily tweet. Okay. Let it happen. They're human beings. Nobody needs to, to ruin a Christmas over an angry tweet. No, no. Listen, don't tweet the athletes. When you play fantasy sports, you know what you're getting into. Even it's when not- you're a fan of sports. Like, even if you yeah. have no money on the line. Don't angrily tweet people. I'm going to tell a quick story here. And this is something that, you know, we always laughed. Like when I saw Rookie of the Year, the movie, when I was a kid. And that, you know, the whole picture has a big butt. Making fun of it and everything like that was funny. And, you know, yelling things from the crowd like they do in Angels in the Outfield. However, one time, it's about 2008, sells in the old RFK building in Washington, D.C. And we were sitting in the outfield behind Austin Kearns in right field and one of my friends had a few drinks and i guess did a little research before the game and found out family members names and started to say that and everything and it was like you know it wasn't funny it ruined the time it made the game not fun and you know he thought he was being funny and a jokester and just just wasn't so like Sells is saying, have respect. Okay, these athletes are playing sports. Being a public figure is hard. Okay, I mean, you get Daryl Strawberry. What did he used to say? He said he wish he was someone, just a normal, just someone, just someone that's not recognized, so he can live his life and not have to worry about people always running up to him, autographs, paparazzi, weird questions from TMZ. You, you think guys like Paul Rudd, who are just trying to get to their car out of LAX. You think that it's easy for them to leave the airport? No, it sucks. People coming up and trying to get him to slip up, asking he has to be on his toes. It sucks being a public figure there. I bet it is. I'm just, I'm not one. Let's talk about mine here, and I'm just going to say one thing, and I'm going to just make this statement. The white elephant gift exchange is stupid. The whole concept is stupid. You know how you win this? It's very, I've never even participated in one. But from everything I heard, you have the last pick, you win! You win the best gift. You have the last pick. It's not even fun anymore because the person that has the last gift or the last steal, whatever, it's bad. You, It makes gift giving not fun because, yeah, you end up with something that maybe, what, six or seven other people passed on. It's like they tried to bring fantasy sports drafting and all that into, into holiday gift exchange. No, Secret Santa's one thing. Because you have a budget and, you know, you're trying to figure out, feel out the person that you're you're buying for a, a little bit there. Maybe you can have sidebar conversations with friends and you could get, like, back road information and that's fun. But the whole steals and everything, I'm sitting there with the final pick. I'm going to get the best gift. 
I'm going to get the bottle of Johnny Blue, not the person that gets first pick. That's like, I'm taking the Johnny Blue. I'm going to steal that from you. <laughs> it's stupid. Enough with this crap already. Enough with it. It's not fun. All right. That's all I'm going to say about that, guys. Well, well, a couple things. One, how do you know that you got the best gift if everybody else likes their gift just as much as you like yours? Dude, you know what? It's never, it's never like that. It's never like well, that. Well, okay. One person's going to wind up with the crap gift. Yes, exactly. And it's it's stupid. If it's a 90% success rate, it works, right? But it's bringing down the value. I got to end this, but it's bringing down the value of gifts. You know what? We're going to have part two of this next week since it's holiday (laughs) season. We're going to make this a freaking topic on this podcast, Hallam. Is that okay with you? You're the boss. That's fine. And Taysom Hill just went on the COVID list, by the way. Taysom Hill. Round and round we go, guys. This is our lives. Good luck, everybody out there. Happy holidays to all for Matt Sells, Ryan Hallam. I'm Justin Fensterman. See you next week. Part two of the White Elephant Gift Exchange is coming up on Family Times.